Hey folks, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Restoration Project's weekly podcast. The Restoration Project is a cooperative Baptist fellowship church located in Salisbury, Maryland. We are taking a break from our latest sermon series. Enjoy this standalone episode. Thanks for listening. I love preaching. I hope that you guys can sense that. Kate can attest that this is the most animated that I get at any 40-minute period throughout the course of the week. There's foot kicks and pumps and like jumps and screams and chants. Like I love to be up here talking about the Bible with you guys. And over the years, I've come to view this as not only something that I love to do, but an immense privilege. Uh, Each week, I stand before you with a microphone strapped to my person, and I get to talk about all the things that I love, the Bible, Jesus, faith, life. Whatever I have learned in any studies that I have taken part in and whatever experiences I have, I try to bring to bear in this time period so that we can learn together. I love my job. I love this aspect of my job. It's so, so fun. I'm also struck by the gravity of what my words might communicate to you guys and how they might be used in your life. I am, of course, always hopeful that we think of church as something beyond a a sermon. Uh, The songs, the prayers, the liturgies, the rituals, even being a part of this community, these are all equally important pieces to your spiritual development. I'm also hopeful that my words are seen as just that. They're just my words. They're just my interpretation of this really ancient book that is at times very difficult for us to understand. And the things that I bring to bear are just my own wrestlings with the text that we have, hopefully through the power of the Spirit that's leading and guiding. But despite these caveats, I recognize the importance that's placed on a sermon in our cultural moment, and I don't take it lightly. But despite my love of preaching, despite the joy that I receive doing it, despite uh, the, the privilege that it holds for me and whoever else stands up before you guys, from time to time, I struggle knowing what to say. This week, I'll go ahead and admit I have spent more than my fair share of time staring at a blank computer screen with a blinking cursor flashing in an open Evernote file entitled TRP. Seven years, a retrospect and a go-go. My struggle wasn't because I was unexcited about this talk. It's quite the contrary. Celebrating seven years as a church, a church particularly one that started as an unfunded, virtually unsupported, non-denominational house church in the living room of my friend over on Middle Boulevard. Celebrating that is no small feat. We have ample reason as a community to celebrate. Even if we limited our recollection just to this past year, we have opportunities for us to be excited about the things that are happening. We've installed elders in the last 12 months. That's something that our leadership has wanted since the very beginning. We drafted and adopted a church constitution and bylaws. We secured our 501c3 status, finally. Our financial team has worked their collective tails off to lead us closer to financial sustainability. Extra special shout out to Elise Goad for kind of heading up a lot of that effort. 
We have found not one, but two kid curriculums that we think are awesome. We believe in them. We're excited about the things that our children are learning. You guys can sit up front, it's okay. I'll stay over here. Or, okay, or you can go way over there. Either way, I won't, I, yeah, I won't, won't take it personally. Um, in addition to finding these two kid curriculums, we also have a good core of kid volunteers that make that environment amenable to learning. And they're also attempting to uh, create moments of meaningful, relational, and spiritual development for our kids. As a parent, that is not lost on me. As a pastor, that is also not lost on me. As I look back at my own church experience, a large part of that is the time I spent in kids' church and the development of the relationships that I have with the people in those moments. And I see Jack and Shep running around with, with Micah and Joanna and Levi, and I see Abe and Jude trying to assimilate into that, and I see Marshall and Cal, and I see all of our kids just becoming this beautiful core of learning and growth. We also called and affirmed Susie to her much-deserved role as our associate pastor. Outside of these walls, 2019 was another year of ministry serving our local homeless population at the emergency shelter, serving the kids in the North Camden community uh, through the summer lunch at the garden program. It was another year, uh, Joanne, I have this written in here and you can throw stuff back at me if you want to. It's another year of serving and supporting, albeit in a small way, the beautiful work of the Epoch Dream Center in Hebron. Through your generosity, we have also been able to contribute financially to the humanitarian crisis at the border, uh, to missionaries that have been sent out from right here, and to members within our own community who have faced unforeseen and devastating situations. This has been not only important, but encouraging to see how generous this small group of people can be. Now, this one's gonna put somebody on the spot, and this one might just be for me, but I'm gonna say this out loud. 2019 was also a year of continuing to create some of the most bestest media and art ever created within a church context. Except, except for like the Sistine Chapel and stuff. Let's just take, maybe in the last five years, in the American context, okay? Just, just to be safe. But Tessa has outdone herself, and I know that that might not be something that we see as a part of the laundry list, but I'm convinced that the things that we put our intentionality into, they communicate to a larger audience than just the people here. I'm excited, and I'm really proud to talk about all this stuff, the stuff that makes up TRP. In fact, in my mind, as I was thinking about this talk, I had concocted some pretty lofty ideas of where this might go. I was channeling Newt Rockney's famed win one for the Gipper speech, you know? And I would recall all of our big moments together as a community, and then you guys would get all jacked up, and there would be cheering and jumping and high-fiving, and you guys would be all super psyched, and then we would take communion, and then you guys would leave, and we'd tap a play like the champion sign <laughs> as we go out to, to change the world for Jesus. I was getting fired up just thinking about it. And it might have looked weird over my little corner spot at the bar at Rise Up, and I was just sitting over there like, shaking, like, yeah! What's wrong with that guy? Too much cappuccino, probably. I don't drink cappuccino. But still, in the midst of all of this excitement and all these good things that, that were being brought to mind, I was stalling as I was looking at this screen that was just kind of taunting me. 
And as you can see, like the bit that I could have formed an entire year-end review and seven-year retrospect, the stuff that I could have focused on, I've reduced to some bullet points in the introduction to this talk. If I can get honest with you guys for a bit, and I, I don't even know why I ask, because I'm going to, and, and I do anyway on a week-to-week -week basis, but if I can get honest with you guys, I think I was stalling all week because I've, I've given this talk before. I feel like I give this talk every year around this time, and I don't really know what I can say now that's any different than what I've said in the past. To break up some of these moments of my writer's block, I went back to my files and looked at some of the past uh, anniversary celebration talks uh, that we've had here at TRP. At different times, I addressed our history as a church, where we came from, how we came to be here, not in this space necessarily, but how we came to be who, who we are. I talked about our theological beliefs, our defining characteristics as a community, our mission and our vision and our values, as well as our resilience as a community, our boldness, our commitment to Jesus and to each other. We've talked about these things before on a broader level and with much more regularity, uh, I, I've told you how great of a community this is. When I look around the room and I see all of the, the relationships that are represented here and the things that we have done together, I'm moved. I've told you how rare this is. I've told you how strange we are. I've told you that this space up here is... Um, is envied because of your unique abilities to be open, to move, to allow God to move you, to have your minds changed about stuff. For me to be able to show you a slide saying, hey, I'm gonna talk about some things, and you guys are okay with that. I've told you that I believe that there are more of us out there within the small, little few mile radius to this building. I've told you that there are people that feel unable to ask their own questions honestly in a faith community. There's people who feel ostracized, people whose gifts are suppressed, perhaps because of their gender, perhaps because of their orientation, perhaps because of their past. There's people who are on a journey and their current faith community is forking in the other direction. Mm. I tried that line out on Tessa earlier, and she's like, I don't think you can say forking. <laughs> but for the fans of a good place in the room, <coughs> be blessed. <laughs> There's people out there who have walked away that need a home that maybe we can offer to them. I've told you time and time again that although we are small, that we aren't done yet and that we have work to do. In fact, uh, there's a couple of you that whenever we text and we start talking about church stuff, one of the responses that comes back is we've got work to do because we see what's happening around us. We recognize our role and our responsibility and how we might be able to play into the lives of people and show them who Jesus is. This stuff isn't like Newt Rockney level, get you pumped, play like a champion sort of stuff. But I think that these talks in the past, they've been mildly effective in getting us to understand and to remember who we are called 
to be. And at the very least, I think that when we have these talks that you guys have believed me when I remind us who we are and what we're called to do. And when I stand up here, I usually preface this by saying, I'm gonna make a questionable pastoral confession. And you hear that from me from time to time, and perhaps this is another questionable pastoral confession. But at the risk of holding something back that might be helpful for us as a community, I wanna share it with you anyway. Maybe I was stalling in putting this talk together because I'm the one that I have to convince of these truths. Or at least maybe I'm the one that needs to hear and needs to be reminded who we are and what we're doing and that we're okay as a community. Seven years in, this hasn't, this isn't on my script, we're going, we're going rogue here for a second. Seven years in, this hasn't worked out how I thought it would. This isn't where I thought we would be or who we would be. I don't know if you've noticed this, but also there's another phrase that I use from time to time, and it's helped to, to guide some of my thinking uh, this, this week. It's the phrase, hand to the plow, TRP. I say it quite often, especially on Facebook, and I know that you guys are Facebook junkies, and you just love being on social media because it's so uplifting and challenging, and you know, especially now when you know, not so small things are happening in our world, and we just like to see what our next door neighbor thinks about foreign policy. I know it's, it's helpful. Those are jokes, but we'll, we'll bring that back. We'll try again. This hand to the plow TRP, it's a biblical reference that appeals to one's focus and one's determination and one's resolve to the task at hand. You could say that it's a reference to one's beliefs about things, although I want that to encompass much more than just your mental or intellectual assent to a creed or to a core set of beliefs. That is not what it means in the text. Jesus in Luke chapter nine says, no one who puts a hand on the plow and looks back is fit for God's kingdom. He's saying that no one who is preoccupied, no one who is distracted, no one who is looking over their shoulder can do the work that we have to do. At a very practical level, if you're plowing a field and you're looking this way, your row is gonna be all crooked and jacked up. And as I've contemplated this time and this passage, I have to admit that I spend a large portion of my time looking over my shoulder. Not in the sense that, that Jesus is talking about here, not in the sense that I am uh, looking away from the, the kingdom or to following him. I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to my foundational commitments about who Jesus is and what he's called us to do. I mean that in my work as a pastor, I tend to look from side to side and I tend to look back a lot. I'm looking at other churches and, and what is drawing people in and why they're, bad pastor confession, <coughs> why they're going there and not here. I'm listening to how other pastors are preaching and, and what they're preaching and how the people are responding to it. And usually I get kind of ticked about that because when I look around the room, I don't want to do a five-week series with you guys on how to manage your personal finances. 
I kind of feel like there's more important things for us to do, although that's not the thing that is selling. I'm comparing likes and views and comments on social media because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I'm saying that I believe that there's more people who would resonate with what we're doing, but then I'm becoming frustrated and disappointed when those people show up and they're here for a week and then they leave. I'm looking back and at times I'm forsaking the people who are right in front of me and concentrating instead on ghosts in the past. I'm thinking about numbers and attendance and financial security and it's caused me to take my eyes off of the goal, off of the calling, off of the vision, off of the mission. And what I wanna be able to say with a clear conscience, not only here, but what I wanna be able to actually enact in my own life is that none of those things that I just said matter. The stuff that's going on elsewhere, I don't want it to detract from what I am called to do. I want to be able to say that our single solitary calling is to care for the people in this community, the people that are attached to us tangentially, that we can speak hope and life into their lives, that we can introduce these people to Jesus and create and foster, buzzword here, sorry, safe space for them to process their faith, to ask new questions, to be moved into new directions. I also want us to be able to focus our eyes ahead on the kingdom so that the line left behind in the soil can be straight and true and fruitful. So maybe this is just for me. Maybe this is just something that I need to preach for myself and y'all are just gonna sit here and listen to it. I hope not because in whatever context you are, I know that sometimes our hands are to the plow and we are persuaded to look this way or that way and get our eyes off of where it is that we are called to go. So if perhaps you can assimilate this and put it into your own context, then please do that. But for the next few moments tonight, I want to remind ourselves, I want to remind me, I want to remind our community who we are and the work that we have to do because I believe as much as I am standing here in front of you that that work is important. So here we go. I've got a list of statements some of which you might like, some of which you might wanna pull your toes back a, a bit so we don't step on them. But this is who we are. TRP is and always has been a theologically diverse community, meaning we center ourselves around Jesus, around the cross and the empty tomb and the different political ideologies that invade this space, the different theological commitments that invade this space do not detract us from being a community, from being a family, from loving and caring about one another. We have no examples for doing this in real life because churches don't do this. Because the thing that unites most communities is their shared belief on any sort of issue from A to Z. But what we want to say is Jesus. So that when I introduce a teaching, I say, this is just my thoughts here. You can take them or leave them for what they are. But I want to invite you into that conversation because the work that the Spirit is doing in your life is meaningful too. We say that there is room for you here if. I had somebody talking to me the other day about how they kept riding by these churches and it just said, all are welcome. And how they kept saying, that's not true though. 
And we immediately go to who's excluded and who's not. And I, want, I wanted to say, like, in my own mind and how I process, like, oh, yeah, well, everyone is welcome here, too. But it's not true. Because if you want to come in here and have a power play and say that you're right and everyone else is wrong, there's not really going to be much room for you here. There's room for you, though, if you're open and if you allow the Lord to lead you and guide you and the Spirit to move in your life, that's the sort of community that we want, one that is open and responsive to the Spirit. And at times, you and I are going to disagree about some theological stuff. At times, I'm going to throw some verses on the screen, and you're not going to like where I go, but that's okay because we are brother and sister, and we are fighting the same causes together. TRP is a community that will challenge you and will change you. And I believe it's a community that will form you. Susie said earlier that you can't be complacent here. And part of that's because we throw stuff out there that's mildly to severely controversial. Like we want people to think about things. We want people to have opinions and to grow and to be challenged. We don't want this to be the status quo. We want to move from point A to point B, although we leave point B undetermined. Like we don't want to say where that is, but we just want you to follow Jesus wherever Jesus is leading you to go. Each week provides you with fodder for good conversations and good questions, and if you're married, I wish I could be a fly on the wall of your van ride home. I just put y'all in, in a minivan. And I don't even feel bad about that. Because if you're married, nothing wrong with a minivan. Dan Hakeem, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> nothing wrong with a minivan. <laughs> TRP is unique. It's hard to replicate. It's hard to find. When you leave Salisbury, I'm going I'm to say it. I'm going to say it, all right? Tell me I'm not going to say it, because I will say it. When you leave Salisbury, and a lot of you will leave Salisbury, sadly, but when you do, this is difficult to find. The openness from the elders, the openness from the staff, the love that we have for people who don't look like us, think like us, act like us, the people with that openness. It's hard to find. And I've heard from not one but 50 college students in the past that leave here, go back home, and they say, I don't know what to do to find this sort of thing again. And I don't know what to tell them most of the time. TRP is a community that privileges learning and openness. It's a community that cares about reading the Bible well. If you've spent any amount of time here, you have heard me talk about the Bible's ancient Near Eastern context. If you've spent any amount of time here, you've heard me talk about first century Jewish context of the Bible. If you've spent any amount of time here, you've heard me talk about second temple hermeneutics. If you've spent any amount of time here, you've heard me talk about these things that get underneath of a surface reading of the Bible because we believe that if we have this one book, let's read it well. Let's read it in community. Let's get our hands dirty and get after it. You will see a bunch of Greek and Hebrew on the screen. We're not just here to pat you on the back and give you three life principles and send you out the door. TRP is a community that will foster your spiritual growth and will walk alongside of you when your faith begins to shift. And I will say this, in this community, your faith will begin to shift. And I will also say this, I think that's why our back door is pretty large. 
because there's a lot of people that do not like that level of uncomfortability that comes with having to reassess who Jesus is, what salvation is, what the Bible is, what the faith is, what we are called to do, but what you have in this group are people who will sit with you without judgment in the midst of that moment and urge you to keep going, keep fighting, keep asking, keep wrestling, keep longing for Jesus to reveal himself to you. TRP is a community that seeks to include. That means something different today than it did when we first started because we've allowed ourselves to be open to new callings. TRP is a community that loves well. I hope that's something that you all can affirm. I hope that's something that the people who aren't here can still affirm, that even in the midst of decisions to go elsewhere, that they can say, those people were in it with me. They were available to me. They would have met with me come hell or high water. They would have been present with me had I allowed them to or wanted them to. TRP is a community that values kids and believes they are a vital part of the church. This is so fun to me. Seeing all of our littles like gathered together and growing and learning and seeing Claire up on the front couple rows singing her heart out with these songs, which is sometimes cool because when Tessa and I are up here, we look out to y'all and you're like, I can't help you here. And Claire's up front like just going for it. I'm like, okay, there's an innocence here. There's, a, there's an engagement here that's, that's worth something. And the conversations that we have from the very top of TRP down to the bottom, like elders down to first-time visitors, the kids, they're respected. I found this stat today to be funny and interesting, and I doubt, I doubt replicated in most faith communities. All of our elders and all of our staff members are regular volunteers in our kids' ministry because the kids matter. I get to teach next week, and we have, we, it's no different than when I'm teaching you than when I'm teaching my own children and many other littles uh, in the room. Like, we go deep. They have heard about ancient Near Eastern context. <laughs> they have heard about first century Jewish context. And let me tell you, they, they get it. As much as you guys do, they get it, okay? They're tracking. They ask great questions. We don't stifle that curiosity. They just want to be seemingly to be respected and included, and I think that we do a really nice job of that. TRP, I'm going to say this, is learning how to be a community that advocates for those on the margins, because this is not something that we've had to do a lot of times in our, in our past. In our past, this is like you, you, you talk about things, and then you go, you do safe sort of ministry, and that's not what we've been trying to do, and I don't think that we have it quite figured out yet. We're still in the talking stages. We haven't really moved into the, this is how we uh, regularly and sustainably minister to these communities. But we're learning to be a community that advocates for those on the margins. We're learning to be a community that serves well, even if we're still waiting and, and wanting to find our thing. TRP is prayerful. TRP is spiritual. I've never allowed myself to say that out loud because I don't always feel like a spiritual person. 
But I think that what we're attempting to do to allow the Spirit to move and guide, even if we read some dusty old prayers that have been written well before we spend time in this room, that doesn't mean that we're not spiritual. It means that we're tapping into other streams that don't just come from here. They come from elsewhere. TRP is prayerful and spiritual. TRP is political. And I don't mean that we're partisan. My comments about Barack Obama's uh, movie, <laughs> movie list uh, notwithstanding. We're able to engage the things that matter. Talking about war with Iran is not off the <coughs> table. Talking about gun control and talking about the border crisis, these are not things that are off the table. Because if we're called to be followers of Jesus, it includes those things. Even if we disagree at times on policy, even if we disagree on times about who and how we're pulling the lever, that doesn't mean that we don't talk about it. I have this radical theory. Jesus was pretty political. He wasn't outside of his context. He was engaging the context and he was allowing his followers to be uh, moved and shaped by how he was engaging the things of the time. Perhaps this is low-hanging fruit. <laughs> TRP is controversial. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> Josh Engel disagrees. I don't know if some of you have felt this when you slap that sticker on your bumper and you go over to family's house for Thanksgiving and they say, well, I've heard some things about this community. Let me tell you what your pastor believes about X, Y, and Z. Sometimes that happens. I've heard some doozies about myself, and I don't know if that's trickled down to you guys. There's some really neat stories going around. I think that this is, this is rooted in the stuff that we do here because we're not content with surface. TRP is unafraid. We're unafraid of new questions and where they might lead us. We're unafraid of new ideas and the safety that they might uproot. We are unafraid of hard conversations. We are unafraid of objections. That's why you put the sticker on your bumper of your minivan. You're unafraid to engage and say, these are my people. This is my community. This is where, uh, this is the group that's helping me to find life and follow Jesus. TRP is a community made up of Jesus-following, risk-taking, radical disciples who challenge the status quo of the American church, who provide a different image of the love of Jesus in their home and in their community, who are not content to stay who they once were and where they once were. And if I had to just make it a, a summary statement here with all of these things, I am so proud. As I say all the time, we still have work to do. As a church, some of you guys have been here for a couple weeks. Some of you guys have been here almost since the very beginning. Jory, I think you were at the very first meeting that we ever had. Took some years off in between there, but you're back now. We've got like people at different points all over 
uh, when you guys have, have come and, and been a part of this. We've been through so much together. In our brief history, we've seen many changes. We've faced many big obstacles. We've seen many people move on. It's part of the problem of living in Salisbury. It's also part of the problem of a small church. The people that you attach to, sometimes they go on to different places. But our row is not done being plowed. Here's another biblical reference just to mix up the metaphors a bit. In this, our seventh year, may we learn to rest from comparison. May we learn to rest from looking over our shoulders For me, that means not comparing myself to other pastors. For me, that means not comparing TRP to the big churches in town. For me, that means not looking to what other people are doing and how it's landing with with their groups because they're not us. For you, maybe that means not comparing yourself and your faith to the person across the aisle or to your person that you follow on Instagram or your family member who goes to a different faith community, to a different church, the person who doesn't seem to struggle with the stuff that you do, whether they be ideas in your head, questions that you have, or just life practices. It's not comparing yourself to these folks because we all have our hands on the plow. And when we look from side to side and behind, our row gets all jacked up and we're called to something different and something better. May we rest from these distractions. May we learn instead, laying in the plane here, may we learn instead to trust our king at the end of the row who sees us wavering and is calling us forward, is calling us to continue, is calling us to wipe the sweat from our brow and be about the work. Gosh, I hope that in those moments of weakness, when my shadow self is peering up and it just wants to compare to everything else in the world, I hope that I can catch a glimpse of Jesus at the end saying, come on, Josh, come on, don't, stop. Don't look over there. Don't care about that. Come on, we've got work to do, you and me. And it can only be done through you or you or you or you. I I don't buy into this whole like individualistic, we're all special sort of thing, but I do know that like you all have levels of influence with people that can't be replicated elsewhere. You have opportunities to reach people and to dig that trench and to plant and water and grow a crop that maybe no one else can grow. And I don't want you to wear that as guilt. I want you to wear that as opportunity. That the king says, I want you and I've got a job for you and stop looking at Instagram off to the side and stop comparing yourself to your coworker and stop listening to your (laughs) mother-in-law. Be about the work. That wasn't like a Freudian slip there, I don't don't think. My my mother-in-law is wonderful. May we lock eyes on the goal set before us And may the line that we weave behind us show no signs of hesitation and no signs of detraction. Seven years, hand to the plow, TRP. This unique God-called community of rebels and risk-takers, we're not done yet. May we always remember who we are. May we always remember the work that we're called to do. And may we trust in the Lord to bring it to completion.